Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. It is great to be together and to be able to share. I don't know if you're watching on Sunday morning with us. Perhaps you're watching through the week. I had a wonderful friend reach out to me and he said, hey, pastor, it's Monday morning. This was last week. And he said, "Uh, I've got you queued up and I'm ready with my coffee to watch. So however you connect with us, we're just glad that you are with the Bridgewater family. And we're in week two of our series called Be Transformed. What we're actually doing is breaking down our mission statement. And uh, I want to read that. uh, and, And I hope you'll do this with me at home. Here we go. Bridgewater Church is called to lead people into a transformational relationship with Jesus Christ. As we seek God, share the story, serve the world, and ask God to send the people. Last week, we talked about that first umbrella statement, be transformed. Today, I want to break this down and take the first of these words that I think really help us understand how to expect and walk the journey of transformation. And the word today is seek. Seek God. And I don't know if you ever played this game with your kids. I played a lot of hide and seek when I was a dad with younger younger babies in the house. And they loved it. They would say, hey dad, can we go play hide hide and seek? We'll hide and you find us. Uh, And we would do this over and over again. And I I would look and look and look and look. And if it took too long... I would hear things like, Daddy, I'm over here. You're getting, you're getting warm, Dad. And the minute I found him, do you know what I heard? Let's do it again. Did you know that God is seeking you? Now, perhaps you're a person that you can look back in your life and you can see the beautiful journey of how God has woven his love into your life as he's been seeking you at every turn. Perhaps you've known God and you have thought, I'm older now, I don't really believe all this. I want you to know that God is still seeking you. And then maybe you have never turned around and let God find you for the first time asking Jesus to be your Savior. This morning I want to spend a few minutes with what I think is one of the most unique stories in the New Testament. It's real, it's not a parable. Maybe you've read it before, maybe you've heard it. This might be the first time that you've ever heard of the woman at the well. Now, if you've been reading God's word for a long time, please don't do this. Please don't say, I know that story. In fact, some of you might be saying, now pastor, We've heard you preach that story before. Years ago, I did. But I want to come back to it for this reason. 
In Hebrews 11.6, the writer tells us, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Can I read that last line? God rewards those who earnestly seek him. Please, please just open your mind to this story called the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Please just let your mind absorb every detail. And I hope it ignites maybe a, a passion that has, has dwindled. I hope it sets on fire your thoughts as we understand what it means to seek God. Because here at Bridgewater Church, we believe that to be transformed, we have to earnestly be willing to seek God. And there are four essential decisions that we all need to make. Here, here's the start of it. John 4, let's look at verses 1 through 10. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Here's our first decision. Seek God as God is seeking you. Now, understand that Jesus was gaining momentum. <coughs> he was literally finding that people were flocking to his ministry. And it was time for a rest. He really wanted to be able to go back home to Galilee and the disciples were all like, okay, we know the way we're going to go. And Jesus, Jesus stopped them and he goes, no. He said, why don't we go through Samaria? It's a shortcut. And all 12 of the disciples push back on that. They push back because they're like, we don't, we're Jews. We're not going through Samaria. And do you understand what's going on here? Maybe a good way to put it is, are there places in your hometown that you wouldn't go? Are there places that you wouldn't dare drive? You might even go out of your way so that you wouldn't uh, find yourself in that part of town. That's certainly true uh, here in sections of Cincinnati. But Jesus goes, now wait, nothing's off limits. In fact, Jesus was going to deal with this mental stigma that the disciples had because as you're reading the passage of Scripture, I know you saw it right there. Jews didn't associate with Samaritans. Why? Because they were a part of the northern kingdom that had split away 
years and years and years before. And true Jewish followers thought that the lineage of the Samaritan Jews was watered down. And they had gotten to a point that they wouldn't talk to each other. They didn't associate with each other. And now Jesus is saying, hey guys, I got a great idea. Let's go through Samaria. Well, they followed Jesus, and they ended up at a town called Sychar. Now, Sychar, just think of it more like a village area, but it had been around for, for years, hundreds of years, because this was the plot of ground. If you go back in biblical history to the Old Testament, you'll see that this ground had been given through uh, Jacob, and this was considered a sacred place for them. And the well was still working, and they were drawing water. But what I think is unique is that the disciples decided to go to town, and all 12 of them went. That's a lot of guys for a door dash. You know what I mean? I think somebody was afraid of Samaritans. What do you think? And it's like, why don't we all go? But never forget that God is seeking us. Jesus understood. He wasn't afraid to be here at the well and rest from the journey. And then a woman shows up about noon. It's so outrageous. Why would you show up in the heat of the day in that area of the world? Why, why wouldn't you go early in the morning to go get your water pot filled? But this woman shows up alone. We'll find out in just a minute why. But I want you to hone in on this aspect of the story. Two red flags show up immediately. The first is this. When the woman came to the well, Jesus spoke to her. Isn't that something? Now, remember, we know he's the Messiah. She doesn't. And Jesus, a man, would speak to a Samaritan, a Jewish man speaking to a Samaritan. But here's the second red flag that comes up. She's a woman. I mean, God forbid... Because even, did you know this? Even Jewish men thought it was a waste of time to spend more than a few sentences even with a wife or a daughter. She's speaking to him. He's speaking to her. And he asked for a drink of water. Every social boundary is broken in one minute. One minute. And here's the issue. Oftentimes, we're the ones who put obstacles in the way of what God is wanting to do. Are, are you wrapping your mind around that? You see, God is seeking us. God is seeking you right now. If you have a personal relationship with him, it's wonderful. Lean in, because he's seeking you. He wants that personal intimacy with you as his creation. But if you're 
not where you need to be in your walk with God, or maybe you don't even believe in God, that's okay. You've landed at the right place. But I want to challenge you. Did you know that God is seeking you, and we need to choose to seek God and remove the obstacles? There's a story that's always been captivating to me, and it, it's back in, in the turn of the last century when a family was out on uh, uh, out, out west in Colorado, and all of a sudden, on a bitter, cold, blizzard winter day, a man came, came bursting to the door of a cabin, and uh, uh, the, the man, the mom and dad opened the cabin. They had three little girls, and Mr. Woods came in, almost frostbitten, and, and he was just devastated. He was a sheep farmer a sheep herder, and as they're rubbing his feet and, and warming him up and trying to keep him from becoming frostbitten, he tells this story. He said, I'm out in this weather because I was concerned about my flock, and I found them grazing, and the wind began to blow, the snow was deep, the blizzard was setting in, and so I found this, this nook, this, this place that we could all come together because I knew that the breath of the sheep and their body heat would melt the snow around us, and we would be safe if we would just all huddle together until the storm was over. The problem was that the lead sheep in the flock bolted. Everybody else went with the sheep, and they ended up in a snowbank and perished. As Mr. Woods told this story, the girls were captivated. And a couple of days later, when he left, Mom got out the Bible and read the story of the Good Shepherd. She specifically honed in on Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And mom said this, girls, God is always seeking us, but it's our choice to seek him. Do you understand this first insight? Jesus is with a woman, nameless, at a well in Samaria. And Jesus is God. Seek God as God is seeking you. The stage is set. But here's the second decision. In John 4, 11 through 15, Jesus is talking with the woman and she says, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gives us, gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Here's the second essential decision. Seek God and expect the unexpected. Here at Bridgewater Church, we believe in transformation. We don't want people just to be in a relationship with God that goes stagnant. We actually want this incredible, ongoing growth and maturity that Jesus gives us. 
But we have to seek God, and every time we do, it's, it's an adventure. We have to expect the unexpected. Our issue is that oftentimes our attitudes are where we can struggle. Do you see it here in the story? The woman looks at Jesus, and he's, he's prompted her. He's promised living water, and she's like, okay, I'm in. I don't have to go to this well anymore. Uh, it's deep. I don't have to work so hard pulling up the bucket, filling up the jars, and then taking them back every day. This is going to be great. I want this living water. Jesus says, the, the water I promise you, you'll never thirst again. Now she is incredibly confused. And in this section of, of scripture, I want to break out four truths. Here's the first. Truth number one. We don't have all the answers. That was really where the woman was struggling. We all have this tendency to have thoughts and we think we know what we know. Is anybody in the house? I know what I know. My opinion isn't just right, it's truth. That's where this woman was struggling. We don't have all the answers. And Jesus said to her, He's trying to break through. This, this is living water I'm talking about. Here's the second truth that comes to mind. Change is not optional. The woman wanted living water without making any real change. Do you see that in the story? She's like, just give me the water so I don't have to come here. She was thinking it was all about finding water in the way that she was used to finding it. But for any of us to seek God, we're going to need to expect the unexpected. And change is not optional. Which leads to the third truth. Jesus wants to give us life to the full. Now, to expect the unexpected, please, please hear me on this. If you and I are going to try to get God to give us what we want, we're, we're only going to have whatever we think will work. I'm only going to be able to uh, understand God on my terms. Does that make sense? Jesus was saying, can we elevate your thinking? Can we change your thought process? Because I want to give you something you've never had. I want to give you life to the full. Listen, please hear me on this. Right now, you need, I need to expect the unexpected. We need to believe that despite the struggles, the difficulties, and the problems that we've all encountered, that God is an amazing God. God can do things that we can't imagine or dream. Now, you may have been truly disappointed because you prayed for something and you're like, God didn't give it to me. There's no God. He's not real. Listen, if he loves you that much, he's going to take you deeper. The valley may be tough to walk through, but there is a high place if you'll just let God take you there. Jesus wants to give life to the full, but he wants to give the life he has to give, which leads to this. If we're going to seek God and be transformed, please hear me. Discoveries take time. I really believe this. Before Jesus ever came to the well, God was preparing this woman for this moment. Can you look into your life right now and see what God is preparing you for? 
I, I see some really great things in my life right now. I've been working on some things here at the church with options on property and land. We might just soon be out of debt here at BWC. Here's something else God's been working on. I've been a little overwhelmed. We've had some wonderful staff who have transitioned over the last couple of years. And at first, that really, that really impacted my life, and it was difficult. But then God and I have been talking about it, and God's like, I have new staff for you. I have people I'm preparing. Discoveries, divine discoveries take time. Say that with me at home. Divine discoveries take time. And I want you to hear this this morning. We have to seek God and expect the unexpected before we can wrap our arms around it. We have to seek God and believe he has the best of the best for us. And that's what Jesus was trying to help this woman do. Which leads to the third essential decision. In this next decision that Jesus gives us, in John chapter 4, 16 through 18, we read, He told her, go call your husband and come back. I love this part. I have no husband, she replied. Did you like how I said that? I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Here's our third essential decision. To be transformed, we have to seek God and get brutally honest with ourselves. And I mean it. I don't mean just honest. I mean we got to get down to the core of what's going on. Now, before we ever dig in, let's just, let's just cut some grace to this woman. Let's give her some grace. When was the last time that you and I were ever confronted and we got really honest and we were joyful about it? Who's done that lately? If a good friend walked up to you and said, I've seen this behavior in your life and I'm concerned because you're not running to God, you're wanting, running away from God. Would you go, oh, thank you so much? No. Let's, can we give this woman some grace? She's realizing, and we'll see this, she's realizing Jesus is a prophet. She, she thinks that because he can tell her about her life's decisions, that he is sent by God. But Jesus wants her to get honest. This isn't Jesus looking at the woman going, I know something that you know. No, he's, he's trying to get her to get really honest about her life. Why? Because when sin blocks the way and when decisions we make are not pleasing to God, God can't give us all the blessings that he has for us. If you're seeking God right now and God is revealing things to you, then we've got to embrace that. And that's hard. We love to walk the walk of faith 
when the things that are happening and God is showing us are, are pleasing. They're joyful. But when God says, I've got this beautiful life waiting for you, but you've got to remove some obstacles. Stop thinking about how you feel. Stop walking with the world and, and what the world's opinions are. But look at what I'm telling you because if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And Jesus, Jesus loves her. In fact, do you, do you see this? Jesus doesn't condemn the woman. He's just honest with her. He says, what you've said is true. Wow, what a way to confirm that. Hey, you're being very honest. You don't have a husband right now, but do you see what Jesus did? He turned over the rock. She was spinning the truth. He wanted her to embrace all the truth. That's what Jesus is saying to us. In fact, this morning, I want you to understand that Jesus right now wants to do, and we've already covered this, he wants to do the unexpected in our lives. But to do that, we have to become empty vessels that he can fill. And let's just go back to the symbolism of what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, I have living water. Here this woman had jars. She had brought the jar with her to fill it up. But you can't fill up a jar with the living, beautiful, graceful water that God has to give if our dishonest junk is filling it up. Jesus is saying, dump it out. And I want, I want you to grab this this morning. Whatever you're struggling with, God already knows it. Just seek God and get honest. Let's let God help us remove that obstacle. Please don't, please don't miss this. God wanted to help the woman. He didn't say to her, you're sinful, you're horrible, you're a Samaritan, I can't talk to you. You're the kind of people that should just automatically uh, uh, be ignored because you're an outcast. He never said it. He's with her, he's talking to her, and he needs her to get honest. It reminds me of the time that I'm moving furniture around in my Victorian home in Pennsylvania. And I'm, I'm loading up the truck to move my daughter, uh, Melissa, to Oklahoma. She's going to move. College is over. And she's decided to move 22 hours away from us. I had so many emotions going through my head. I didn't want her to leave. This is too far. I needed to give her the freedom to follow God, which ultimately led to finding her husband and, and watching God work in incredible ways in her life. But believe it or not, this story really wasn't about my daughter. It was about bringing her mattress down, the steps, the box springs, and I got it stuck, and my son Matt was helping me. And the more that... I tried to move it the matter I got and it was a hot summer day and and I'm hot physically and I'm getting hot mentally and emotionally and I just unleash on Matt I mean I unleashed on my son can I just be be clear that I love Jesus and I'm a pastor but if, if you ever wanted to see a human being you're looking at one right now and guess who was standing down by Matt my wife, his mother, Kay. Matt, I crushed Matt. I could see the tears starting to form in his eyes. 
And then I saw blazing truth come out of the eyes of, of my wife. He left. She looked at me and she said, what is the matter with you? Now, you got to picture this. I've got this box spring. It's my fault. I've got the box spring stuck in the stairwell. All I can think of is Friends episode, pivot, pivot. And, and you know what? Thank God we had two sets of stairs in this Victorian. Immediately, God said to me, you are a sinful man. I mean it. Honest, gut-wrenching truth. I had a choice to make. I left that mattress. I walked down the back steps. I found Matt in another room in the house. And I looked at him and I said, there is no reason for how I treated you. There is no excuse for how I sounded and what I said. I am a horrible, sinful father. And then I started to cry. And I said, will you forgive me? I've got the greatest son. He looks at me and he hugs me and he goes, Dad, I'll forgive you. I'm Dad, I'm, I'm just, I said, you don't have anything to ask forgiveness for. I said, it's me. Can I, can I just ask you, how honest are you with yourself these days? Are you blaming everybody else? Is everything somebody's fault? Are you, are you jumping on this woke society stuff that we're all just all of a sudden enlightened? Mm -mm. Go to the Word of God. Jesus isn't here to condemn us. He's here to set us free. But that takes honesty. Seek God and get honest. And then that leads us to the fourth decision. Decision number four is, is in uh, John uh, verses 19 through 26. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on the mountain, on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me. A time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the, in, in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I the one speaking to you, I am he. Decision number four, seek God and find life. If we want to be transformed, and, and this transformation begins, as I said last week, when you accept Jesus as your Savior. But maybe you've had a hard time with the church. Maybe you want the church to align with society instead of society to align with the Word of God. Maybe you're struggling with family or friends or even what you're going to do with your life. What's your purpose? Hear me when I say there is something you can decide right now today. Choose Regardless of what we know or don't know, let's choose to seek God and find life. Do you see how the woman at the well is starting to open her mind? But she's still struggling with traditions and how she feels about things. She's a Samaritan. 
She doesn't have the theological background of most Jewish people. It's been lost culturally and historically through time. But she knows enough that the Messiah is coming. But before she can ever embrace who the Messiah might be, she goes, hey, let's have a theological discussion on worship. Don't you, anybody love Jesus? Don't you love how, how patient he is? He doesn't avoid the truth. He says to her, salvation is from the Jewish people. But he tells her it isn't how the Jews feel or think traditionally. It isn't how you Samaritans think traditionally, when and where you're going to worship God. It's about the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, opening the door for worship, opening our minds, because, listen, to really find life, we have to seek God. Our focus is on Him. Listen, I love preaching the Word. You know that. I love it when we come in and worship, and I, I just keep encouraging all of you as you're worshiping online or people are worshiping in the house, be all in. Stand up in your living room. Raise your hands. Don't just watch the message. Look at the worship. You go, we've seen this song before, it's fine. It's not the song, it's not the word, it's not the person preaching. All of that we do is to lead us into a personal relationship and give God all the glory and all the honor. That happens through a move of God's spirit. He looks at the woman in love. Can you imagine how he looked at her? Patiently, lovingly. It isn't about tradition. It's not about this well. It's not about sacred ground. It's not the color of the carpet in the church. It isn't that you're online or in the house. Jesus wants a personal relationship with us. And he wants us to seek God and find life. A.W. Tozer, a wonderful pastor from years gone by, said this, it's a prayer. Oh God, quicken to life every power within me that I may lay hold on to eternal things. Open my eyes that I may see. Give me acute spiritual perception. Enable me to taste thee and know that thou art good. Make heaven more real to me than any earthly thing has ever been. We are called to seek God because God is seeking us. We need to seek God and expect the unexpected. Seek God and get honest with ourselves so we can have this beautiful opportunity to seek God and find life. Do you mind if I just tell a story that has stayed with me for several years now. Probably about six or seven years ago, I had been at a conference in Florida. And I was flying home to Ohio. And uh, I had a stopover, a layover in, in Baltimore, BWI Airport. It was late at night. 
we were the last plane out, and I sat down at the gate, and I was reading a book. An older gentleman looks at me, and he's in shorts and a shirt. Honestly, he looks like uh, uh, a guy who can't wait to get to Florida. And that's what he was doing. And, and as I was reading, he, he looked over at me, and it's probably about 9 o'clock at night, and he said, so are you a professor? And I said, no, no, no. And I need to tell you, I, I wasn't really leaning into this conversation. And he said, uh, well, then what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a pastor. He goes, you know, I've been wondering about God. I'm an attorney, and uh, I, I just retired, and I'm going to Florida. He said, now, my wife's always been a God believer. But, and I said, well, do you ever go to church with her? Do you read the word of God? He goes, no. No, he goes, I don't mind that she goes. But sometimes I wonder about God. And I said, well, that's a good thing to wonder about. And so we ended up in this discussion about God. And I looked at him and I said, I think the thing that would really help you is if you would open the Bible and begin reading for yourself. In fact, start in the Gospel of John. Because then he would encounter stories like the woman at the well. Well, they're starting to call to board the gate, and something miraculous happened. A husband and wife sitting just on the other side of the seats, in that same area, boarding area, young couple, he turned around, he looked at the older gentleman and said, what the pastor just said is true. And he said, here, I want to get you started. Take my Bible. And you could see that his Bible was worn and marked up. God had been seeking this man. And now we were all saying, it's time to seek God back. And they called, the, they called for the boarding. He got up and started to board. The young couple came around. They said, Pastor, we couldn't help but overhear we are police officers, and we live in Canada, and we think you did such a good job, and, and we wanted to be a part of that. And I said, well, it was wonderful that you gave him your Bible. I said, God's doing something. We'll never know, perhaps, how this worked out, but, but it was time to help this man seek God. Now, by the way, I realized at that moment I had been in the wrong boarding area the whole time. And... I went up to the gate and I said, I, I never heard my name called. They said, we called your name three times. Your flight's already gone. Well, you know why I didn't hear it, don't you? The most important thing was that God was seeking this man. In fact, I'll talk more about that next week when we talk about what it means to share your story. But I want you to hear this. I spent a night in Baltimore, but when I called home to tell Kay, this was the first thing out of her mouth. She goes, you're not coming home. You were sharing Jesus, weren't you? I said, yeah, baby, I was. She goes, I'll see you tomorrow. Please, please hear me. I just have two simple questions. Are you seeking God? No matter if it's the fact that you don't even know if God's real, or maybe you've been walking with God, but you've over the last couple of years, you've just gotten off track. Are you ready to seek God? 
Are you ready to really put all of your faith in him? And here's my other question. Are are you willing to help other people see God? Are you ready to, to, to move out of our comfort zones? Out of our homes, off our couches? Are we ready to move out into the world and help other people find Jesus? I can't wait for next week. We're going to finish this story together. But right now what I want to do is pray for us. And if you need help seeking God, Pastor Liz is online. Reach out to her and say, Pastor Liz, I heard what what Drew's talking about, but I need help. She's going to help you. She's a wonderful young pastor who loves Jesus. She would be thrilled to have a conversation with you. But you've got to be brave enough. You've got to be brave enough to, to post online and say, hey, can you contact me? She'll help you message her. Get phone numbers. Let's connect. And let's know this, that when you seek God, there is a full and abundant life that he's ready to give again and again and again if we'll trust him. Let's pray. Get your hands out. Father God, This is an incredible story, and simple prayer is this. Help us to seek you. Help us to get honest. Help us to move aside the the traditions, the beliefs, the things that that, that we allow to become obstacles. Help us to identify those obstacles and get empty of our sin and ourself so that you can fill us with living water. Transformation is a journey, God. And we pray that we would walk intimately with you. And for the person who is looking for you, Jesus, may they have the courage right now as I'm praying to post and say, I need help. I need prayer. And God, help us. Help us all to seek you. Because your promise is that if we seek you, we will find you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. You're amazing. Let's keep unpacking this. Bridgewater Church, remember the six words? Be transformed. Seek, share, serve, send. That's our mission. That's what we're about. And I can't wait to share more with you. I love you. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below. And you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners. And together, we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast. And also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.